On today's episode of Inside Music Cast, we bring you the West Coast sounds of the state cows. The band, created by the Swedish musical team of Daniel Andersson and Stefan Olofsson, doesn't hide behind the fact that State Cows has been influenced by the many West Coast sounds that emerged in the 70s and 80s. In fact, they flaunt it on their new release called The Second One. After crossing paths with West Coast greats such as David Foster, Jay Graydon, and others a few years back, the duo began to compose music that has always been close to their hearts, music that has become an extension of their upbringing and influences throughout their lives. The simple truth is that there is a fresh purity of how they interpret West Coast music and they keep it alive with the release of the second one. Anderson and Olofsson have delivered a true AOR record that will find you captivated and wanting to listen to the album as a whole from start to finish. Anderson and Olofsson have delivered a true AOR record that will find you captivated and wanting to listen to the record as a whole from start to finish. Inside Music Cast is glad to welcome the dynamic team of the State Cows. Hey, Daniel and Stefan, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. Hey, we're, uh, I know it's really late over there where, where you guys are. You're about six or seven hours ahead of us, and we'll try to make it. Uh, we'll try to make this worth your while here tonight. <laughs> but you know, there's so there's so much to cover in the time we have together. But I want to start out by uh, chatting about uh, the two of you individually. I mean, you're both you know extremely talented and, and accomplished musicians, and it appears that you know you stay very busy not only with state cows but with other projects. And uh, Stefan, let's start with you. Uh, you're a keyboardist, a bassist, and, and uh, not only are you, are you a member of the State Cows, but you, you've released your own solo projects, and you're you're also a member of a band called Dynamo Bliss. So talk to us about your musical upbringing and how you embraced uh, bass and keyboards. All right. I come from um, a musical family. Yeah. My uh, father was um, a guitar player and a bass player in uh, many different bands like in the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mother was also, she was singing and writing songs. And um, uh, from there, I, I think I uh, got the uh, schooling of uh, various kinds of music, like uh, the things that we're listening to at home and playing at home. Um, that was uh, my schooling of music. Yeah. And um, I remember um, learning about... Um, chords from one of her, I think it was one of my mother's guitar chord books. Uh-huh. I wasn't that interested in playing guitar, so I tried to emulate these guitar chords mm-hmm. and play them on the keyboard um, by finding out formulas. And um, so that's how I started to play the piano. And the bass came much, much later. I think uh, probably about 10 years later. Okay. Like and and then Daniel, you're a you're a guitarist and vocalist, and you know there's, you know, kind of a similar story in terms of your connection with State Cows, but you also have solo projects under your belt. And when uh, you know, same kind of question: When did you discover you know your vocal talent and, and your affinity for guitar? Yeah, um, I actually started playing piano. Oh, did you? Behind, but uh, the piano teacher was giving me a really a hard time. So lots of sheet music, and I, I didn't. Find it that interesting uh, playing lots of classical music and, and uh, in that age when I started playing, I was about ten years old, twelve years old. I wasn't really into that kind of music, so so uh, the guitar was was much much better for me and got me hooked up on on what I liked to listen to at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, more natural for me. Yeah, uh, and I had a really great guitar 
teacher that uh, got me going from the first chord. Mm-hmm. Um, and the music has, has always been around in, in my upbringing and my in my family. Dad played a lot of records, those old Chicago Total records and mm-hmm. Beatles song, Beatles songs and. and he wasn't a musician, but he had, had always had instruments around, and a guitar and a piano, and um, so I, I found found ways ways forward on those instruments. You know, Daniel, um, this is Eddie. Um, it's your, your stories are like, like Rick said, they're, they're very similar. And, uh, like a lot of people that listen to Inside Music Cast, they have very much, uh, similar backgrounds where you grew up with listening to the music and your dad's records and you have instruments around the house. And by the time you know it, uh, your, your love for the music, it's, it sticks in. Um, you know, uh, in terms of your music, musical education, would, uh, Daniel, would you say that you are a self-taught player or would you say, I mean, I know you have some classical piano instruction at the at very early age, but would you consider yourself self-taught more than formal training? How do you, how would you describe that? No, I, I, I am educated. We, we both me and Stefan went to to the school of music in Tito, okay. where we learned sheet music and arranging and all this stuff, and took guitar lessons and singing lessons. So. Um, so I can say that I have a musical education that, mm-hmm. that helped me a lot on the way. Yeah. Well, that, that explains a lot of the complexity of your arrangements. I mean, uh, no one can easily, you can love Steely Dan and all of the West Coast music all you want, but when you begin to compose it, you, you just can't do that on the fly. <laughs> you, it's too complex music. And, and, and we sort of anticipated that your, your education would have an awful lot to do with, uh, with, uh, how you interpret or reinterpret the moods and the styles that, uh, you're now playing. So, Stefan, could you tell me about your influences, please? How, uh, what, uh, what were you listening to as a kid? Um, I listened to mostly things that my parents were playing, and they had a, quite a variety of records at home. Yeah. So I remember sitting, we were usually sitting, me and my brother, and reading the liner notes and watching the uh, the pictures on the album sleeves and listening to, for example, a lot of Beatles records, um, things like uh, similar things that were similar to, to the Beatles and uh, uh, and some of the um, American West Coast music. Yeah. And, um, and there, there were a lot of different things. Yeah. A lot of different things. Take a step back and, and tell us about how you two met each other. When, when did that happen? Where, where, in, uh, where and how did you, you and uh, Stefan, you and Daniel, did you meet? Um, we met the first time actually in... Uh, the School of Music that mm-hmm. Daniel was talking about, yeah, the yeah. School of Music. We are both from the same town in Sweden, but we didn't meet until we came to this other town, uh, uh, and we went to the same education. This was an education for um, a small group of people. It was called the Studio Musicians Program, and it had uh, one piano player, one guitar player, one bass player, and a drummer and a singer. And uh, there were a lot of um, studios, uh, session time, studio recording at the school. So, and that's where we met, and we found out that we had a lot of similar musical interests. 
Well, you know, before I knew that answer, you know, I did, not knowing how you two connected, when I listen, you know, when I personally listen to your earlier solo projects, you know, prior to the State Cows debut album, I can kind of see how, you know, your musical styles might have might have led you to one another from a musical sense. I mean, even even though they're similar, there there are some differences. Stefan, when I listen to your 2003 uh, solo album, Story of a Woman, there's a wonderful blend of progressive orchestral and, and sometimes sort of Beatlesque vibe happening in that project. And of course, you mentioned a second ago that, you know, the Beatles were, were an influence. Tell us a little bit about that project and your inspiration for creating those, those tracks. That project was, um, it was based from the, from the education, basically. We had to do a portfolio of music and uh, it result, resulted in this, uh, this CD. And I, I didn't have any real aim to, I mean, to do any specific kind of music. I just uh, recorded everything that I've had made so far, and I, I thought was interesting. And it turned out to be a, a lot of different things. I mean, a lot of uh, various things. I, I think it's really, yeah, you know, spread out in terms of uh, influences and stuff. True. Yeah. That, that album. Yeah, there's there's a lot of varying styles on that on that album and it's it's really quite beautiful and and Stefan also uh Uwe Reith I'm not sure do you know Uwe he's a correspondent here uh, with Inside Music Cast and he's from uh, Konstanz Germany and um, right. he has a question for you about uh, Dynamo Bliss which of course is another of your many projects and his his question has to do with uh what seemed to be uh, the nearly simultaneous production of both uh, the more West Coast style State Cows album and your prog rock Dynamo Bliss project. And how did, he, he wants to know how you juggled duties for these projects and, and was it difficult switching back and forth between musical styles? <laughs> yeah, that is, um, when we made this, this, uh, the second one, uh-huh. the new State Cows album, yeah. we did it on exactly the same time as we did the, uh, the yeah. Dynamo Bliss albums, the two, the two recent Dynamo Bliss albums. And so we did the sessions basically on the same time. The drums were playing, and we did one Steakhouse song for a couple of hours, and then we did one Dynamo Bliss song for a couple of hours. <laughs> That's the <a laughs> wow. thing. So they, they sort of blend. I, I think there's a similarity in, in sound, but, but um, there, there's, uh, there's a few differences in, in composition, I'd say. Sure, but uh, of course it was. Uh, I think it was difficult to juggle these two projects. Yeah, three projects, I would say. <laughs> That's true. You had yeah. another one going on at the time too, right? Yeah, there were two two Dynamo Bliss albums and <laughs> and uh, one by Steakhouse. Wow. Hey, Daniel, I understand that um, you were once an exchange student here in the in the states. Uh, what what br- which brought you to uh, to L.A. And while you were there, of course, you uh, made your best of the times, and especially in terms of making contacts with guys that were pretty instrumental. Um, we know a few of them by the name of David Foster and Graydon and Jason Sheff and Haslip. Um, tell us, uh, you know, when all this thing came down, tell me a little bit about the, your, your meeting these guys and, uh, and what impact did that have as to your career now? Uh, well, both me and Stefan went to the Musicians Institute. Mm-hmm. And- Hollywood, and uh, hooked up with uh, Jeff Richman, uh, guitarist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he, uh, he helped us out and getting uh, getting uh, the, uh, the contacts with with a lot of these players. We, we didn't 
we did some recordings with Jimmy Haslett and, and Jason Chef from Chicago, and, and he hooked us up with a lot of these these guys. So, uh, and all, and also uh, Stefan Stefan uh, has been friends with Ian Eagles, who was a technician on a lot of those old records, the Row records and Graydon Productions. Yeah, he hooked us up with uh, with David Foster at some time yeah. uh, as well. So, so yeah, it was a wonderful time being in LA and meeting all those those chaps and great players, listening to uh, all the concerts and, and being going to the clubs. It's been a huge inspiration, and it was the inspiration for 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 my solo. Right. Well, that's. I was going to actually going to ask you about that, but before I do that, I was just curious about you know, in, in meeting all of these guys, did did by chance you have an opportunity to uh, to play with any of these guys? Did, was there an opportunity to actually sit down and, and actually uh, you know perform some music with any of them? Yeah, we we did some, something with Jason Jason Chef. We uh-huh. did the version of a total song, Jordi Porgy. That's right. And um, and uh, Jimmy Haslip mainly produced us. Uh, uh, a song we did. I didn't mm-hmm. remember the name of the song that we did, but it was a great. He, he was a very friendly guy. Yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah, really great. And, uh, and we went to when we went up to David David Foster's place and uh, hooked up with him and uh, Humberto Gatica. Wow! Get the chance to to play some songs for him. So, wow. Yeah, that's a, that sounds like a pretty incredible experience. Yeah, a little bit to the story, if I may, yeah, about yeah. the connection with uh, with Foster. Um, as you probably know, my mother is the webmaster for Jay Graydon's homepage. That's right. She's, yep. She's, in his own words, running his life. <laughs> of and, course. Uh, <laughs> And the thing was, she started out doing this webpage, I think, back in the, nine, in the early 90s, like 93 or 4 or something, when, when people didn't generally have internet at home. Yeah. But it was a, a pretty new homepage. And anyway, she, they went over to meet uh, Jay Graydon in Los Angeles uh, back in those days. Wow. And my father was introduced to Ian Eels, who uh, Daniel mentioned, um, and because, as Jay Graydon said, this is your twin brother. They looked exactly the same. <laughs> so this is the connection with Ian Eels. And Ian Eels is married to this, one of the sisters of David Foster. Oh, my goodness. Okay. okay. So he's the brother-in-law of uh, David Foster. And uh, so that's why, why we <laughs> that's how we went to see David Foster and some other people. I think we went to... Yeah. Jay Graska, right? Yeah, went yeah. To Jay Graska. Yeah, we did. And uh, some other people also. Through mainly through Ian Niels. he was the main contact for us. Okay. Very what a great. It's <laughs> a very cool experience. Well, hey Daniel, you mentioned uh, you know that that uh, that time in L.A. sort of inspired you to release a solo project called Days in L.A., which was uh, I, I'm not sure when that, I can think that came out in 2008, right? Yeah. The recordings uh, for the album was was made much earlier. I think back in two thousand three, something okay. like that. So uh, it's been resting on the shelf for quite a while. But 
decided to to finish it back in 2008. So, um, but most of the songs were written in uh, in that time uh, when I was in LA. Yeah, during that time, you know. Well, this project had an obvious, you know, uh, West Coast AOR feel to it, and you know, obviously. You could tell where the influence was coming from. So tell me about the production of this record. I mean, did you produce this one in Sweden? And, and tell me about the musicians you brought in to perform on this project. Yeah, musicians are uh, really people I grew up with playing music. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and uh, all these guys, guys are great players. Uh, so we grew up together playing a lot of different bands, uh, doing a lot of games. Um, so we we felt we had had a really great groove going on. So, uh, and Stefan is also also a, a big part of of that record. Okay, helped, helped out producing it uh, as well. Hey, I wanted to chat with you a little bit about uh, your EP that you um, created with bassist uh, uh, Peter Starfelt, and uh, it was it's called Strange Ways. Um, but it was under a band named called DP. Uh, wh- when did you release this project? And tell us about this project here. Yeah, the, the, the DP uh, record was released back in 2002, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe. Um, it was me and Peter that, yeah, we wrote a couple of songs for his um for for his school project really so um i helped him out helped him out writing writing a lot of of the, the songs for for his examen project uh, and we felt we we want, wanted to take it further and do a, a real professional record of it so so that's the story behind that one well, I want to jump ahead to uh, State Cows, and, and I know that it was in 2010 that you released your, your first album. And, you know, I, Eddie and I, we always hate asking this question, but but uh, I've personally never bothered to do research on how you came up with the name State Cows. I mean, I just <laughs> I just dig the name, and it seemed to work. So tell us about that. How did you come up with State Cows? Um, yeah, it's, it's really an anagram of... Uh, of the genre name uh, West Coast. If you flip the letters around, you can you get state cows. So that's the real <laughs> the story of it. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> so I remember when your uh, debut album hit in 2010. You know, there was there's quite a bit of buzz about it, especially among uh, West Coast AOR fans. And I remember listening through that album for the first time and, and thinking a few things. I, I first wanted to look at the copyright date to make sure I wasn't dreaming that this was a new release because, you know, I really thought this was, I mean, it felt to me like it was a real re-release of an album that might have been produced, you know, 30 years prior because I was, and that's not an insult, I was just amazed at how you captured that late 70s, early 80s West Coast vibe. And, you know, you made a lot of lovers of West Coast very happy. So tell me about how, First of all, you conceive this record, and and ultimately this sound. Uh, I'll pass that to to Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Stefan. Okay, because of the musical backgrounds of the people invo- involved, like um, the drummer, for example, my brother, uh-huh. and uh, this this other guy, Peter Fredlander, who was also on. He also played on Daniel's record. Yeah, and on my record, uh, they were very. Um, uh, you know, very into the style. They, they could understand how to play so that it would sound like um, 
a record from that time that time period yeah yeah i think from, coming from that background like like being very very into the actual sounds and um grooves of certain songs to play them exactly like on the record um they are really really good at that and we try to emulate the, the styles of um the styles of you know uh, various records from that time um just certain things like you know how you voice a chord for example or how you how you sing a, a phrase it's a yeah. small details but when right. you put them all together it sounds a bit like from that time mm-hmm. it, it has obviously a lot to do with the instrumentation um and i'm sure you probably i'm assuming you probably you know in terms of Eddie's better at this than I am when it comes to keyboards because he's a keyboardist. But I'm assuming you probably brought in some some old synths and some old you know you know vintage uh, you know classic uh, keyboards in, in order to and sounds in order to you know get what you wanted in terms of the sound for this album. The yeah, only we, real uh, um, old uh, vintage instrument is the the Fender Rhodes. Right. But apart from that, all the synth sounds and uh, other keyboard sounds like the piano were were actually digital, either plugins or um, really or from uh, hardware synths. Wow! But there there were no real analog synths used. <laughs> yeah! Wow! Interesting. <laughs> uh, You're fooling us, Stefan. You're fooling us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm serious about. That. I, I think it's. it's a lot about uh, the sound has to do with uh, the actual playing. Yeah, yeah. You can take, I mean, there's going to be certain giveaways, like if you take a Fender Rose like, and uh, put it through a chorus, it's going to sound like an album from that time. Yeah. Because it's, it, it was a sound that almost everybody used. Mm-hmm. But um, as, for example, the piano sound is, is, is a... Yamaha Clavinola. It's not a, a very fashionable piano in any way, mm-hmm. but it sort of it, it works in the in the context. You have to you have to hide it a bit. Yeah, <laughs> you right. know what I mean. Yeah, you you don't put it up front. You you put it somewhere where it's not heard as much, but you can still feel that there's a piano somewhere. Right. And I I think that's the way it works. Um, but what about the actual recording of the album? Was it done digitally, or did you actually find a way to do it uh, analog? For the first... Well, for, um, for either one, for the first or second one. Yeah, the, the, the two albums were made uh, completely digital. Okay. We tried to make... Uh, we did a couple of singles a few years ago, and they were done partly on analog. Okay. Um, just for, you know, to try it out and see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> sure. right. Well, let's take our first break, and uh, let's check out a track from the State Cow's latest album, the second one, and this is the uh, opening track on the album called This Time.
So Eddie and I sometimes ask ourselves, you know, and actually we've had a lot of uh, uh, guests of Inside Music Cast. When we talk about the musicians that are coming out of Sweden and Norway, you know, we all want to know what's in the water over there because it seems <laughs> like there's, you know, I, th- I think it was, uh, what was it, Jerry Lopez uh, from Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns. I think he was the one who said, <laughs> I want to know what's in the water over there because, man, there, there's some such great musicians that are coming out of that, that area. So there seems to be, you know, in, especially in your, your part of the world, you know, an, a, such an affinity for this style of music. And there, you know, obviously are some amazing musicians like we mentioned. Like, you know, we've had Ole Ule Barud. We've had uh, Andreas Aleman and Peter Fr- uh, Freistet. And I, I was, you know, just a couple of days ago, I discovered two female artists from Sweden, uh, Sarah Isaacson and Rebecca Tornquist. All right. Uh, and that are just super talented and have just amazing, beautiful voices. And Eddie yeah. and I were, we need to get over there sometime and yes, just experience do. this scene. And yeah. so, what are you guys just from maybe stepping back away from your own music and looking at, you know, music in Sweden and Norway and that, that area of the world? What are you guys witnessing in terms of reactions to this style of music in your area? Uh, it's always been been a great uh, response for for this kind of music, West uh-huh. Coast music, or what you want to call it, in Sweden yeah. and, and Scandinavia. So uh, we had we had a great great uh, great response here back home. Daniel, did you uh, tour much in support of the State Cows album, or did you get the opportunity to uh, to get some gigs? Um, you know, I would imagine that uh, with as intricate uh, as the arrangements are for your songs that it uh, might be difficult or costly to take this show on the road, but um, were you able to take this out in, into public, and to what extent? Uh, we, we did a couple of gigs mm-hmm. uh, with a constellation, but the Steakhouse band was, the project was never meant to be a, a live act in that kind of context. Yeah. We, it was mainly a studio, a studio project, um, yeah, because of the arrangements and uh, the instrumentation, and it's it's hard to to take it out on the road. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I'm guessing that the debut album, you know, it was fairly successful. Uh, as you recently released the other State Cows album um, called the second one, and um, you know, I was looking at the amazing list of musicians that you have on this project too. Of course, uh, names that are very familiar with. Uh, those with Inside Music Cast, um, former guests like Graydon and Bill Champlin, Landau. Uh, we haven't had Michael Landau yet, but uh, we're going to. <laughs> Peter Freistad and, uh, and other musicians and several other musicians. Um, but without getting too nosy, was it, um, was it difficult? How did you get these guys hired for this project? How did you work that out? Was it through your friendships or networks or how did you get these guys to participate? Um. um it's it, we have played music for quite a long time and great on of course as Stefan mentioned uh, is uh, we have known him from for several years through mm-hmm. through Stefan's mother so so through Graydon we we hooked he hooked us up with some guys yep. and um yeah some of the guys actually heard us on the internet and and wanted to know more about us so it was really cool. That's cool. Another uh, musician who you brought uh, into the project is Ian Berenson, a Scottish guitarist who's been involved with many amazing uh, artists in the past, including, you know, I think he was a part of Pilot. He's, you know, he's worked right. with Mick Fleetwood, Kenny Rogers, Alan Parsons Project, 
Kate Bush and so many others. And our correspondent, uh, Uwe Reif, wanted to ask how you happened to bring Ian in on, on the track I got myself together. And what was it you were in search of uh, from him when you enlisted him to, uh, to play on that tune? You know, the thing was that we, we were thinking of a lot of different musicians to ask. We were, we were actually um, looking around a lot before we found people willing to do it for, for you know, um, money that we could supply. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> and um, uh, I think for that particular tune, we, we thought about that it would be nice with some kind of Larry Carlton vibe. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to, and I think we even mailed him, or we mailed his agent, and it turned out that that his fee was probably at least one zero or one magnitude too much for us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I, I kept thinking about, you know, how could we uh, through someone else that we could, you know, find and to play this solo, and uh, I happened to stumble upon him. A radio interview with um, David Payton from Pilot. I was thinking, uh, uh, this guy, he, uh, Ian Bernson from Pilot, he plays, you know, it sounds a bit like uh, Larry Carlton at times, and he has this, you know, really full, uh, creamy kind of sound, very, mm-hmm. yeah. very fluent, uh, very, uh, um, not, that's not the right word, but y- you know what I mean, fluid sort of uh, playing. <clears throat> So I went to the, uh, his website, and it stated that he was taking uh, he was taking offers. You know, he would he would play on people's albums sometimes. Sure. So I just mailed him and asked if he would do it. And I actually I think I mailed him the the track, and I didn't get a reply at first. And then um, four or five hours later, I got the mail back with a guitar solo <laughs> and we hadn't really talked about you know, fees and things and, you know it was really <laughs> I was <Wow. laughs> surprised okay you did it already and uh, I was uh, a bit worried at that point you know this guy plays with uh, Alan Parsons product and Kate Bush and I don't know what his, his fee is going to be yeah. but he was fine you know would go with the uh, favored nation as, as he said you know the you know, standard, standard fee that we and for other people. Sure. So it worked out. And wow. it was a fantastic solo, and he was a really great guy. Absolutely. I'd like to talk to you also a little bit about your composing. I mean, as a team, how do you, like to, how do you guys like to work? Do you both build songs together, or do you do this individually and then bring them to the table to finish them off? Yeah, we, we, uh, we write the song, mainly get, a, get, a, get the ideas separately, and we write a lot of it, and then maybe... I ask Stefan for a bridge, or if you could change the chorus around, that I'm not that it needs something else, or it needs changing, or we try to to work together and, um, and yeah, until we get it, until we get it right. Do you ever bring anybody else in, or is the composing or you know the creation of these songs is it just something that you two do together? And, and I was just curious if anybody else ever stepped in or, or assisted or, or brought ideas to the table. Uh, uh, we always get influenced by by our by the musicians and how they play, and, uh-huh. and uh, but not not in the songwriting, not in, in writing lyrics and and chord progressions and, and so yeah. forth. Okay, no, not yet anyway. 
Hey, Stefan, I, w- I want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, you know, being a keyboardist. Um, you know, sometimes for keyboardists, it's, it's naturally um, – it's natural to to double the bass part with your left hand when you're playing chords or that type of thing. But but as a musician who plays both the keyboards and and also a bassist, how do you approach the way you handle the bass lines um, when you're playing your, your keyboards? Do you understand my question about sometimes doubling with your 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 bass clef and and of course um, playing over the bass lines of an acu- uh, electric bass or something? How do you handle that? Um, for the um the Steakhouse albums, um, especially the last one where the bass is mainly programmed. Right. There's a lot of doubling going on between yeah. the keyboards and the bass. But uh, generally, if you don't know what the bass player is going to play, I just leave it, you know. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I leave that, that area um, completely free for the bass player to choose the uh, yeah. Yeah. You did a nice mix of uh there were some tracks that uh, really had a nice mix of of your synth bass uh on the intros and that type of thing. I can talk about one in just a little bit, but uh and then of course you go into your uh regular electric bass. It was a ni- nice balance, nice nice way of uh of bringing both bass sounds into the compositions. Nice going there. Oh, thank you. I most uh, that maybe the finally fair and balanced track with uh, La mm-hmm. Ferry Dollar, yeah, from uh, the Ole Berud band. Yeah, he played the the you know bass fills and the, some bass lines. He played the, uh, he played all of the outro and the rest was uh, uh, synth bass. Yeah, exactly. And, and Daniel, you know, you as a vocalist, you know, how do you like to mix your tracks? Uh, um, you know, you keep your your vocal mix um, throughout the second one pretty consistent, pretty clean. Um, can you walk us through as to how you uh, mix your vocals? And I mean, if you have, uh, if you want to throw in, what kind of microphone did you use for your your vocals? Um, tell us a little bit about how you like to mix that. Um, I mainly like to to keep it quite clean. Maybe a, a bit of reverb, or or maybe sometimes a delay. Um, for some tracks, I think I we did a double double take and and. and uh, and uh, but, but I like I like to keep it quite clean, not not that much effects on it. And we used a uh, Neumann U87 type of microphone for okay. the on the second one. Yeah, uh, I I think it works uh, really good on my voice. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a couple tracks, um, you know, on the album that that stand out. Uh, first, let's talk about "In the City." It has a really nice feel. Uh, it has even it has uh, an alluding to some Earth, Wind, and Fire added horns that you add to there. Um, of course, uh, that has a great solo part by Jay Graydon where he contributes. Um, tell us about uh, this little track. It's got a nice feel to it. Yeah, we wanted to create a kind of kind of disco, old seventies disco vibe. Uh, that we thought fit the song quite good, and uh, and in the city, it's the title and the, the lyrics it seemed to to match the song, uh, uh, tempo wise and uh, style wise. So I think it turned out pretty good. And Graydon did a fantastic solo solo on the on the song. Yeah, one of my favorite tracks in the album is Mr. White, and. Um you know, your influences really come through loud and clear, especially uh, the piano uh, bass note intro. It's a very nice track. Who, who played that um, that flugelhorn part? Um, it's a friend of mine 
Paul Per Bretling. Uh, I played yeah. him uh, a lot, and uh, we have a, a jazz, small jazz duo together, which on guitar, trumpet, and vocals. So uh, he's a yeah. long-time friend of mine, uh, great horn player. You know the the groove on this song. You know when I heard it the first couple of times, it it it, it reminded me of something, and I couldn't put my finger on it. But it, <laughs> you know, I eventually, you know, it, it kind of took me back to Toto's Hydra. A little bit, and it, it there's that little that little groove, you know, uh, especially at the beginning of the tune. It made me think of um, I'm trying to think of the name of the song, but uh, but yeah, it, it kind of. And I just wondered if maybe there was some inspiration from you know like an old classic Toto track from Hydra. Um, well, no, <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's just me. That's just me. You're just you're just you're just on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, scratch that question. I guess. <laughs> See, you I had to be. A, yeah, you had I to be. Think it's, yeah. um, it is sort of based on some. Uh, it's, it's maybe not a total song, but I think the groove is at least influenced by one of the songs of was Charisma or what? Slobot- Los Slobotomies, something like that. Yeah. I uh-huh. can't remember the name yeah, of the song. Yeah. Oh, I know what the to- the Toto song I was thinking of was Mama. Oh yeah, okay. there was Mama. It just had that. There was something about maybe the instrumentation. You know, it sort of it sort of bounces a little bit, and it just kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, right. Well, hey guys, let's take another quick break and let's check out this track. And this is Mr. White from our guest today, Daniel Anderson and Stefan Olafson, the State Cows.
I, I totally agree with what you're trying to do here because as an AOR styled album, you know, this is the, and this I really re- recommend for our listeners. Uh, this is definitely the type of album that does take you back because it's the kind of album that, um, you want to listen to the whole thing. Once you know, you know, Rick, once, once you listen, yeah. once you sit down and you it's very put it seamless. on. You want to hear the whole thing. You want to flip it over and, you know, if this was a vinyl record, you'd want to flip it over and, <laughs> and, and hear it from the, from the beginning to the end. And that's what I really liked about this album. It's very cohesive, you know. Um, you know, on, uh, on the track, I Got Myself Together, um, you got some help from uh, Ian uh, Berenson. Um, but, you, you know, you had these people contributing uh, and they were adding to this feel, you know. Um, you know, one one uh, track that I really did enjoy um, was "Fair and Balanced," and you mentioned that just a couple seconds ago. You co- you collaborated, of course, with uh, our good friend Bill Champlin, and you both sing on this track. So, please tell us a little bit about splitting the parts and and how you really uh, illustrated this this track with a uh, uh, this funky track with Bill on the on the vocals with you, Daniel. Well, we wrote we wrote a song uh, together, and we sat down and we played it, and we th- thought, "Wow, this <laughs> this sounds really Bill Champlin. It sounds like a tune for for Bill." So uh, we we always had that that in mind. So uh, so I said to Stefan, "Hey, why why don't we ask Bill if he could do the vocals?" So uh, so we we uh, talked to him and. Um, he really loved the song. He was happy to do it, so it was cool. Did you record this in Sweden? Did you record it there in Sweden? Uh, yeah, the, the 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 tracks, the basic tracks, was all done in Sweden. But uh-huh. a lot of the keyboard parts mm-hmm. uh, was done in Greece, where Stefan lives, and vocals uh, and guitars. I did it my my home studio here. Yeah. Okay, but a lot of the musicians that you know you 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 enlisted for this project were uh, not only the guys that we mentioned, like, uh, you know, um, Graydon and Champlin and, and Landau, et cetera, but a lot of those guys were there in, in Sweden with you, correct? No, we, we actually did um, uh, email the files over, and they recorded at their, their studios uh, okay. back in the U.S., yeah. That's what I was wondering about. I was wondering how you guys worked, and I was assuming that, you know, files were sent, parts were cut, and then, you know, FTP'd or emailed back. So, you know, a lot of people are working that way, obviously, these days. But um, yeah, here's an interesting question for you guys. Eddie mentioned a second ago the track, I Got Myself Together. But there's something I noticed. I don't know if you, you guys – I'm not sure if you've heard this or maybe you know about it, but it, at about a minute and 58 seconds into the track – it almost sounds like there's like a little a little skip in the recording, like a little glitch or something. But when I listened a few times, I wondered if if this might have been intentional, perhaps a little funky syncopation twist you might have thrown in. Do you know what I'm referring to? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I shouldn't have brought that up. Now I'm un- I'm uncovering we, some secrets we, here. We can, uh, we can assure you, it, it was done intentionally as a variation, rhythm variation. Yeah. But you're not the first one to ask. (laughs) 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 So so you're saying it was intentional. It was like an intentional little hit there in the the syncopation. Yeah, well, the the thing was that it was meant to be a syncopation. But as I mentioned before, we we made, I think we made all the the Steakhouse tracks and the Dynamo Gris tracks in two weeks. Right. And we forgot this thing in the drums. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. 
forgot to play, uh, you know, to, to do the drums that way. All the other instruments had played the syncopation, okay. but not the drums. Oh, okay. So it had, to be, it had to be edited, and that's why I think it's possible to detect this edit somehow. To me, I, I can't hear it personally. I think it sounds like a syncopation, but... Yeah, uh, yeah. No. no, it's very it's slight. Like a, it's, it's very subtle. Yeah, it, it's... Um, I think there's one of the... Uh, uh, tracks from a Tubes album called Completion Backward Principle. <laughs> yeah. It has a similar thing. Yeah. Uh, can't quite remember which one, but there's, a, there's definitely a track that has this you know, kind of syncopation. I think that's where the idea came from. But then, okay. you know, uh, you have to remember to do it for all instruments. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, one thing I did I did want to bring up that was really, really cool, um, and that was the track uh, with, that you sang with, with Bill Champlin, uh, Unfair and Balanced. Um, almost at the three-minute mark, uh, as you can see, me and Rick really break things down. <laughs> Maybe a little bit too much, but, but you know, here's, here's something really neat. I, at the three-minute mark, the track totally breaks from having pace into a real smooth, ethereal, galactic type of, and it broke out, and I'm like, what's happening here? Did it go? And then I'm like, okay, I feel this. It was a really cool um, yeah, yeah. breakdown, and uh, I think it fits really nicely because it builds up back into the groove of the of the track again of, of fair and balanced, and I really enjoyed that track. I just wanted to let you know. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Are we going to tell them about the uh, the actual intention of that yeah, please. Of the part there is uh, there is a version of the song that has uh, news anchors right, speaking, right. and that was the point of this. You know, you, there's like a if you listen very very closely, you're going to hear a, a TV sound. You know, this this frequency sound from a TV from an uh-huh, old right. cathode ray t- tube TV. You know, this uh, very high frequency. Uh, sound and mm-hmm. there was supposed to be um, news anchors saying different s- sentences and words. Ah, so we had was... to cut it out because of uh, possible copyright copyright infringement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> issue. There is, uh, there is a mix with this uh, with these two things. I hope to be that we can release it someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I follow you. That's pretty cool. All right. You know, Bill Champlin. Uh, he's been a two-time guest of Inside Music Cast. So. And I want to pause for a moment and uh, check out this wonderful track that you guys have created that includes Bill on lead vocals. And this is Finally Fair and Balanced from the State Cows and their new album, The Second One. Oh, oh, oh. 
you know, this is just a neat project. It's very fresh, you guys. Um, you know, one thing that we do like about State Cows, uh, of what you're putting out, is that it's you're keeping the genre moving and it sounds fresh. Uh, it has a little bit of the past, but it looks, it sounds so different too. So, you know, keep up the good work. This is this is sounding really good. Hey, and, and before we, we uh, wrap up here, I do want to... Um mentioned that, or actually you guys told me about this yesterday, but there's a, uh, a Japanese release uh, that's going to be coming out that's going to have uh, some bonus tracks on it. I think four bonus tracks. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yes, it has four, four original, original, original songs. Um, really good tracks. You, you, should, you guys should check it out. Yeah. So we were re- released in September on uh, Vivid Sound in Japan. Okay. So... Well, that's good news for everybody uh, who who uh, who are fans already, because I'm sure they're going to want more. So I'm sure you're going to have a lot of orders. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and and the word spreading, the word's really spreading. Yeah, you definitely. know, with what you're doing, it's such a a special you know uh, work of uh, of love. You know that uh, you know I just encourage you keep keep on going with it. This is this can only get a little bigger, and um, and and it's our you know it's it's our uh, sort of our mission over here with Inside Music has to to let, you know, this music come out. And you're uh, over there across the ocean from us, but but still, you know, it's uh, that we have the same passion here. So, um, you know, we uh, enjoyed you guys being here on Inside Music Cast. And, and, hey, uh, before we go, fun. Eddie, just one more question. What, what's next for you guys? I mean, uh, I, I'm sure that I get the feeling that there's going to be more state cows to come, but are you working on other projects? What, what, what's next for both of you? Uh, we're always uh, writing songs, and uh, we 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 are writing songs together, sending them back and forth, and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully we, we don't we don't have a, a, a project right now that we're gonna yeah. put them in, but uh, we are always writing new songs. So, so who knows what might happen. So you guys either have three projects going on at once or there's nothing going on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, well, that's fantastic. Well, you know, guys, we really appreciate the time uh, you've spent with us, and we know it's it's getting really late over there, and we hope you, we didn't keep you out too long tonight. Yeah. No problem. No problem. Uh, we appreciate very much for, uh, to, you know, for you having us. Oh, not a problem. It's our pleasure and our, our honor. And, and thanks so much again for uh, spending time with us here today. Exactly. Daniel Anderson and Stefan Olofsson of the State Cows. Thanks so much for being with us on Inside Music Cast, guys. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. 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 Special thanks to Daniel Anderson and Stefan Olofsson of the State Cows for joining us on this episode of Inside Music Cast. We'd also like to thank our correspondents, Kim Riley, Brian Pearson, Scott Gross, Max Zape, Mikhail Ingstrom, Uwe Reith, Scott Sheriff, and Don Brightup for their continued support and content development for Inside Music Cast. Inside Music Cast is powered by Cabello Associates and Earshot Audio Post. For information about becoming a sponsor and sharing your message with thousands of music fans around the world, please visit InsideMusicCast.com for contact information. For Eddie Cabello, I'm Rick Such. Thanks for listening to Inside Music Cast. 